Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Scottish Watches podcast. It is a sunny day in the land that God gave us of Scotland. In fact, there's actually God's been country. more than one... God's country. Not Yorkshire, so all those Yorkshire guys can just take a seat. Have a wee drink of tea. Have a wee drink of Yorkshire tea and a biscuit. Mm. Not a Scottish biscuit. We keep the Scottish biscuits. The tunnocks are only for us, but there has been more than one day of... Dave shares them at Red Bar events. He does, doesn't he? He takes does. them along, sponsored. Does he have to What's declare that? that? Does he have to declare that Red Bar is sponsored by Tunnocks? Don't know. So, Rick, we run. Yes. Uh, what am I wearing? Well, as you know, it's fantasy watch time, so uh, we've moved on. And my wife, Jackie, Mrs. Scottish Watches, has decided to Hold on to a minute, right. There's, the there's a contentious issue. Chronograph. Because uh-huh. Mrs. Scottish Watches was a term that I used first. Was now, it? Unless we're both sharing your wife. <laughs> and this- we are not... We are not. Um, th- well, this, this is an but, interesting well, situation we, we, we find ourselves be, in. Would it not be Ms. Scottish Watches if it was one of yours or Miss Scottish Watches? I think it's only fair that I can claim Mrs. since I am the married one. Anyway, that's hardly relevant. The reality is that my wife, having last time looked at watches and come across fears and anordain, this time came across chronographs. And she's picked three corkers, to be fair to her. So I would wear any one of the three of these. And what's she going to use these chronographs to measure? Well, this is this is the thing. Because she only needs up to about 45 seconds with you. It took her about a minute and a half to go, what's the point in a chronograph? Like, there is just no point to this. I would just use my phone or, like, you can't... The human eye cannot press start and stop accurately enough. That's because you use your hand. But there we go. So... She had picked, and I would wear one of these, Christopher Ward at the cheapy end. What have they mil. got chronograph-wise? Well, they have a C3 uh, Quartz Grand ah, Tour. It's okay. a Quartz one. They're actually quite nice. They kind of remind me a little bit of Farrer or Farrer. Did mm-hmm. we decide which it was? Is it Farrer or Farrer? Depends if the tax man's asking. Ah, right, okay. So 39mm C3, it's a few hundred quid. It's about three, three fifty something like that. So that's a wee entry level. Very nice. Can you still get 100 quid off? Oh, now there's a question. That's I like wonder a if there's a min- off. Is there like a minimum spend? There probably oh, no. is. You probably mm. do need to like spend a minimum, but it's be worth trying. Be worth trying. Then what do you think Christopher Ward I gave you. Have I still got it? No, I know you've still got it. I asked what you thought of it. Oh, I I really like it. I really like it. Uh, only issue is to resize the bracelet is proving a bit of a pig. I don't quite have the right tool to do it without. Why do you think I didn't bother endangering uh, stabbing myself with the spring bar tool that I have? They are very it's it's push pin type things. I don't know if I've got collars on them or not, but it is requiring some amount of effort. And the vice that I've got in the workshop is probably not terribly suitable for squeezing a steel sports watch worth several hundred pounds into it. I think I think it might be a bit chafed. I will send you a link experience. to the device that I bought from Amazon. It was about 10 quid and it's a little metal guy. Far better yes. than the plastic shutter that <coughs> I had before. Yeah, so I need one of them. Mm. I But it is very nice. I like it a lot. Again, reminiscent of the Explorer 2 or the Grand Seiko. What are those Grand Seiko ones? GMT. Just GMT. Are they spring drive all of them? I think mm, they are. They do, no, 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 they do quartz because I went and had a wee look at some watches this weekend, which we'll get on to shortly. All right, cool. Uh, so first up, Christopher Ward. Second, Breitling. So Breitling Navi Timer Chrono 41 Steel and Silver. This is lovely. It is a white Navi Timer uh, with a little red second hand or chronograph hand on it. It's very cool. 
a bit more expensive than the Christopher Ward at four and a half Just grand. get the Zen version. It's cheaper. Oh, well, that's true. No, oh, I should have pointed in that direction. I shall maybe I shall maybe do that. But we've blown the budget at the top end and I was shocked and stunned by this. I thought she'd me go for an IWC, the Portuguese mm-hmm. because uh, she's like the look of them when she's looked at the website. But she actually went for the IWC Portuguese Yacht Club Chrono, which is a 44mm watch. She would suit it, to be fair. But it's a steel and gold. Yours for £17,000. But a pretty cool chronograph, I have to say. I did like the look of it. And I do like the Yacht Club Portugueseers. There's something about IW- IWC, and I think you touched on this with the show with Chris Granger, just seems to be bobbing its head above the rest of the Richemont group, really attracting some attention further afield than your He's standard. Doing a good job. Standard watch geek, you know. You know what's really strange in, there? He's doing but, a really good job of pushing IWC forward a little bit uh-huh. more than they were. But George Kern is doing a great job of pushing Breitling forward yes, more than they uh, were. And he was obviously the predecessor. <clears throat> and, and, and the fact that Mike France is doing a good job of pushing Christopher Ward forward. So my wife has managed to choose three brands that actually have go-getting chief executives who are clearly doing their marketing job well because a person who's not really all into watches has come across three watches from three brands that seem to know what they're doing in the marketing stakes. So maybe that's quite interesting as well. And at different price points as well. And different price points. She did set herself that target of not just choosing three of the most expensive things or three of the cheapest things she can find. So if anyone wants to task uh, my wife uh, with another trilogy for a few weeks time then you know suggestions on a postcard to scottish watches towers oh uh, she needs got a, to pick or the three p- best inexpensive budget turbions budget turbions so the three best mm. chinese turbions <laughs> she did she did like the minute okay, repeaters are arriving tomorrow right. oh oh the orage yep is it cool I, no the problem c- with that what it isn't my one is it a press piece it's a loner uh which one are you getting as a loner do you know is it a blue one Ooh. blue and white don't know and I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I should just give it straight to you because it'd be like, yeah. I've ordered a car. Mm. It's getting delivered whenever it is. End of summer, they said. Yeah. And they're giving me a loan of the same car just now. Well, I know, just take all the fun out of it. Is that not like seeing your Christmas presents weeks before, months before? Well, the problem is if, you know, like if you get this one and the specification's slightly different from yours, it'll be a different colour. And what happens if you actually like this one more and then when yours arrives, you're like, hmm, should have gone for that first one. I, I think you should immediately send it down to I would actually genuinely like to see it. Uh, because they, they used it on this triathlon or something. Somebody actually went and wore it properly as a hard-wearing daily yeah. tourbillon wearer. So I think around the farm here, digging bigger holes for you and Dave's bodies. It was an error. I should have covered that up. You weren't supposed to see that in advance mm. of occupying it. But uh, I, I think you should definitely send So I'll maybe pick that up later this week when it arrives. How long have you got it for? Don't know. Rise tomorrow, which will be two days before your outlook starts making noises in the background, Rick. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. I don't... I, I keep on thinking I know how to turn this off. I was recording with uh, a certain other Scottish person. We'll get to that shortly. That's on uh, my to-do list. I have, I have some words for about that. So, yeah. Orage, they've got a care package on the way. FedEx says it'll be delivered tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's D-Day. Tomorrow's vaccination day too. All right. Well, I mean, it would be a shame if you're. So, are you going to get your left arm? Ah, that's a question. So, you're right-handed, but obviously, you wear your watches in your left, and Mm -hmm. the watch industry is like your life. So, when they say which arm do you want the injection in 
Which one would you? I'll just say my left leg. Left leg, it, it just it stripped to the waist. And can they not just like stick it in Mars? I don't think like they can. I don't think they can. I had to add in the like steroids part there because our listeners would jump to something else. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think they can. Because I know from a diabetic point of view, it makes a difference where you inject. So there is there is a difference. What I don't kind know what to do. I don't. I think it's something to do with the way that the body fat absorbs the product that you're injecting. The product. I don't know. Is they're going to give it. They're not. They're not going. They're they're not going to inject it. You know, they are going to ask you to pick an arm. Hmm. So you're going to have to choose which one you want. Well, to here's be one tracked. for you. Hmm? What happens if you're a guy that's got no arms? What are they going to do then? I'm just waiting just for the die. insert. I'm just waiting for the insert Oris joke here. No, that was hands. <laughs> that has just, to be. Listen, the if the bomb, listen, if the bomb took the whole arms off, it'd probably take the rest of you out at the same right, time. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know what happens, but presumably they have thought of a way around that. Presumably they will just inject it somewhere else. Oh, can I not just get it there? Well, you can ask. I mean, maybe listen, maybe oh, it's going to be a fight tomorrow we, anyway. Asking for what I'm wanting. Maybe we should do what you used to do as kids. Do you ever have one of those parkas, the snoodies, where you could zip it all the way up and it just left a wee space at the top with a furry Like Kenny hood? from South Park? Yes, like Kenny from South Park. So what you could do is do that, but just put just put your arms inside and just wander in as if you've got no arms and go, well, you know, help. Where are you going to put I'm, it? I'm already going in there, armed to the gunnels with information about what I'm doing <laughs> and not doing. Uh-huh. Oh, and because of that episode that went out, I thought I was going to get a hell of a lot of heat from people saying, you're an idiot, Ricky. Just go with the programme. Mm-hmm. The man knows what he's doing. But no, I got a lot of <laughs> got a lot of comments and a lot of messages from people saying, yeah, stick to your guns on that one. Oh. And we're talking people in the medical profession, both here in Scotland and America. So shout out to you guys. Let's just see how it goes tomorrow. I- I'm interested in what happens when you ask for something that is not currently being issued to people of your elderly generation. Oh, it can be. Uh, yeah, you need to choose which arm, either your dominant arm or but then which is, because you need your left arm for wrist shots. So. Uh, I do, but my right arm is my favourite arm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of, all, of all your arms Yeah Anyway That's the one that does the, the most pleasurable stuff What indeed are you wearing? Oh, it only took you 12 minutes, nice one To celebrate the episode that went out today Because we're recording this on Monday the 7th mm-hmm. of June yes, I am wearing, before it goes away The Elliot Brown Holton That I keep mm. wanting to call Hilton Because autocorrect changes it to Hilton Every time I post <laughs> pictures of it And I don't know if you've heard today's episode, have you? I have not. Which is the previous one for you guys listening to us. This is a brilliant watch. That When you look at it, I said this on the show that went out, which whatever the last one was, episode 263, I think it was. When you look at the spec, you look at the images quickly online, it does not tell the full story. Mm-hmm. This is a hell of a piece of engineering. And if you listen to the episode, if you've heard the episode, you'll hear that it's double-coated so that it doesn't scuff up. You'll hear that the bezel on it has been produced in a way that if you're wearing a wetsuit, if you've got gloves, etc., it is super easy to use. And the bezel action is fantastic. It's it's, it's Christopher Ward, Rolex quality almost. Listen to this. No back play. Fantastic. Hits all the markers. Fully loomed bezel. And it's got the best rubber strap of any watch I have ever tried on. Potentially better than the Richard Mille that I tried over in Geneva as well. Right. The way it contours. 
fits the rest, the way the keeper system works, and the way they designed it, which they explain all about in the show. I saw this watch last weekend, whenever it was. It is very oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. do like it. And I've not managed to listen to the show, but I did manage to scroll down the show notes to see what else they made. So they do seem to have quite a range. I didn't realise they had quite the range yeah. of watches that they do, but they all do look pretty This is funky. a brand, if anyone hasn't heard Monday's episode, these two guys were the guys that started the Animal Watch Company. And basically they explained what happened there. They had to quickly sell because the banks decided that they weren't interested any longer and they wanted their money back. So they disappeared from the watch industry for a number of years and decided to give it another go. I mean, a little bit wiser and older. So they were the dudes that invented the Velcro watch strap and they have actually invented some new watch straps which they've got some patents on. They're working with Land Rover, I believe it is, on a couple of different pieces one is out just now and it's just a fantastic story about a British watch brand. Audio's a bit sketchy because they're based down beside boats and whatnot and there was some people working on motorbikes and boats in the background but it just adds to the ambiance. So it's cool. a good show. Go and check it good, out. Good. And yeah, they've got lots of cool things out. They've done pieces for the military. They've done, well, loads for the military. They've done lots for the fire service and other places. So another brilliant British brand that we're lucky to have had on the show. Excellent. So... What else has been happening? Well, what's been happening is I have been busy on apps. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, not Deliveroo, not just the, <laughs> the other other apps. So you've been out uh, back in the dating field, have you? I have indeed. And if cool. anyone hasn't seen Time of the Week, which was out last week, you should go and check it out. I had to be a substitute stand-in host because English Sam was away doing something else. And uh, it's a really good show because I'm on it. Okay. Did you watch it? I have not. It was uh, horrific. You will okay. hate every minute of it. You will hate what we discussed and the language that was used because I know what okay. you like. Right, okay. But everyone else will appreciate it vastly. <laughs> it was great okay. fun. Loads of stuff. They hit me with some questions and I don't mm -hmm. know if they decided they were going to try and embarrass me, which never works because I am unembarrassable. Right. But I had gone for a nap, woke up at whatever time it was, 6 or 7 p.m., rolled out of bed, rolled through, turned the computer on and because I was still half asleep, the sarcasm levels were absolutely through the roof. Okay. So it's a great show. There is a brilliant uh, as has happened with us in the podcast numerous times such as at the end of Adam Craniotis's show just at the very very end something happens that is truly hilarious and I had tears in my eyes about it so you need to go okay. and check that out time of the week on one of the Scottish Watches YouTube channels but, Scottish uh, Watches I, Live that one whatever whatever one you decided <laughs> so it was going to go where, on which but no it's all been good and as I said on the time of the week show there was somebody I was speaking to on one of the apps and she was asking about watches because obviously we've not been out for the last year yep. and the only new pictures I've got is maybe us at your face reveal from sitting on the chair and uh -huh. various other things we've done over the, the course and this person says oh watches I've got a date just just now I'm looking for a Breitling looking for quite a big one and I'm like okay so you're looking for a man size Breitling watch yeah 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 big one so I obviously send all the American Emergency too. So here, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> she came back and said, no, not quite what I'm after. So there we the go. The one with the, the strangle you in the night cord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I explained yeah. all about that. Now, at the weekend, I went into their Gale Arcade, saw Declan, uh -huh. checked Ooh, out right. a brand new GLC Ultra Thin something or other. Oh, right, okay. I think it was the Moon Phase one. Lovely blue right. dial. Yes. Had a good chat with him. Not seen him in over half a year, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Wandered into Porter's. Uh -huh. And uh, it's a bit like... Steve Jobs, the reality distortion field. 
So I walked through the door, sat with Simon for a good while. Me and you and your wife obviously met Simon uh-huh. a few weeks back. Went in yeah, there, yeah. saw Hannah, saw the team, talking about stuff. And he's showing me all the new bits are out. Loads of Grand Seikos. And I'm like, that's quite nice. That's quite nice. Okay, okay. Yes. Then he says, oh, and we've got one of those blue Phoenix G-Shocks in. Oh, right, okay. The limited yeah. edition ones. And I seem to remember saying nasty things about it on the show maybe a week ago. Yes. And he says, oh, you need to have a look at it. So he takes it out of the window. He only had two. One's already away. And this is the last one. Brings uh-huh. it out. And I'm looking at it going, oh, oh, actually, oh, oh. And as the more he talks, he's got that hypnotic, soothing, <laughs> audio book, hypnotist type uh-huh. voice. Okay. And I'm like, hmm. So James Porter, ASMR. Yeah. Oh, he's, his voice is brilliant. People have said that in YouTube videos that we've done together. Mm-hmm. Hannah in the background, who used to work for Omega and sold me my Apollo 8, is busy sort of shouting out, oh, you know, limited edition, limited edition. You know what I'm like with a limited edition <laughs> G-Shock blue. from Porters. So uh-huh. eventually I just said, uh, how much is it? It's a thousand pounds. And before I knew what had happened, I'd bought it. Oh! <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 uh-huh. I'm driving home uh-huh. and I get a text message uh-huh. from Simon saying, hey, uh, how sure are you about buying that (laughs) G-Shock? Because I didn't get onto our e-commerce system quick enough and somebody has bought it online. Uh And obviously it's limited edition. I've only been allocated two pieces. I'm going to try and have to speak to, it's obviously the money's been Mm -hmm. taken, the guy's account or whatever goes on behind the scenes. Uh Do you like it or can I get it back? And I thought, oh, that's a good get out because I really didn't mean to buy that. So yes, I returned it. (laughs) (laughs) But did he, has he worked out that it was you also trying to buy it online and at the same time you online is cancelling the payment so he thinks he's got two sales he's going to go Rick, back in and discover no one's bought this watch we're supposed to be playing the same team here can't throw him <laughs> under the bus like that so that happened no but he's got a fantastic range of stuff in there if you've not been in to check out his store since lockdown has eased or maybe before he's got his Grand Seiko area Seiko and then everything else and his new website is up and running Alan has been doing all the photography for the last God knows how long and it's fantastic yes. and it's now on the website so when you go to James Porter or whatever the hell it is in the show <laughs> look in the show notes uh, you'll be presented with all this fantastic better than from the manufacturer imagery so go cool. check it out we'll include a, a link in the show notes Mizzy will be doing that and you can play along at home of all the stuff we were talking about just now so you liked the watch but mm. it, was the sa- it was the sales pitch that got you I don't know I get caught listen you know, first time I ever went into Porters, I get one of those. Uh, what was it? The Full Metal G Shocks. Well, you also got the. You also managed to go in and buy. Having not owned any Seikos, you bought two in a week from him. Did you not? Was that? Were they one, both? No, you bought one, get, one from eBay and then another one from him. Yeah, I got the budget James Cameron, which yes. is a sixty-two mass re-edition thing mm-hmm. that's got the filament wave dial on it. Yeah. And the same week, I got the Samurai Don Grey. And it came with a crafter blue orange strap. And again, I got rid of that one. Yeah, which so did you so basically you've bought the things you've bought from Simon Porter, you've managed to hand them both back effectively. No, one went to Gigi, <laughs> handed right, one okay. back. I've kept the full metal whatever it was, fifty six hundred G five thousand maybe, whatever it was, the full metal Casio G Shock, the first one you got the same night as I did, and my original Cassie Oak. 
I got it from him as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. And uh, what else has been doing then? Did you go? You've been to the Brightline Boutique. I've not been there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mentioned it in uh, the show you probably didn't listen to because you're like that. If you're not on yeah. it, who cares? No, no, that's, no that's, not, that's not true. That's not true. Is it not true? No. No, no, it just takes a while to get around to them. Okay. It's, okay. I'm finding listening at YouTube. What's your YouTube consumption like nowadays? Mine is through the floorboards. For watch stuff? Just very for anything. little. No, no. Yeah. I, I, spend, I mean, I don't watch television or anything like that. So my YouTube watching is pretty pretty high but it's all over the shop i mean the, the latest well let's let's have a look since i'm on the computer i can oh, tell right, you okay. what my youtube history's got in it dear listeners yeah, yeah. iphone 12 pro max how to remove scratches because a scratch <laughs> just appeared on my phone today oh, and right, i okay. thought the screen had cracked and it's the strangest looking it looks like a, a fingernail clipping uh-huh. and i have no idea how it happened because the phone was in my pocket I've got shorts on, shall we say, uh-huh. because I was out doing the gardening. Nothing else in the pocket. Took it out. Massive scratch. And I thought it was yeah. a crack, so I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, okay. history of Grand Theft Auto. It's Why so Formula cool. 1 tyres failed? All right, you watched the Grand Prix at the weekend, did you? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, you don't see the two tyre fails this weekend? No, I heard about it. Monster crashes. Yeah. Yeah, someone heard. from Pirelli's going to be in the doghouse this morning. How to fix a leaking tap. You can guess why I needed to find that out. VFX artists react to bad and great CGI from Corridor Crew. Mm -hmm. A new phone from Xiaomi that can charge in eight minutes to 100%. Ooh, so this is the okay. kind of weird, wonderful stuff that I look at on YouTube. <laughs> uh, a retrospective of the Nokia N-Gage and how it was a failure. Oh, the N-Gage. Blimey, that's a blast from the past. Did you own one? Uh, no, I did not. I Well, you could play all the games on Symbian S30 Series 6, was it maybe? Because right, I had, okay. before before I went iPhone, which was 2008 mm-hmm. onwards, and I have, this is the strange part about this scratch on my phone just now. I've had iPhone since 2008, since the 3G. Right. right? 3G, 4, 5, 6 plus, was it? 8 plus, and then this 12 Pro Max. I've never scratched it. I've never broken a screen. I use a bumper case all the time. Don't know what's happened. Anyhow, okay. moving on. And the last thing that I've got on my screen here was the timepiece gentleman from last week, which has kind of fell off a cliff a little bit in the last couple of weeks. I, I did I watch a little bit of it just to try and get a feel for it because you've talked about it a few times. I, I, it's all right. Not as it's, good as it used to be. Is that right? 18 episodes in and already. All right, okay. Uh, week tw- well, 21 episodes in. Right. And the last couple of weeks, I mean, this one here is an hour and a half long and it's not about the deals. It's not about the moving and the shaking. It's a lot of that kind of fluff mm-hmm. and boring. So the one I watched was at a... Uh, some sort of watch fair where they were just talking, everything was just, oh, I got this Richard Mule here for 200 grand or this. And it's like, it does make you wonder whether anybody actually wears Richard Mule or whether they just like Sell. circulate. All that happens with Richard Mule is they keep on being sold. You know, it's like Bitcoin. No one holds mm. on to it. It's all just trading. Yeah, it's like, why do all these websites say you can buy stuff here using cryptocurrency? Nobody actually buys anything with cryptocurrency. They just sell the currency on. I've not followed the headline, but there was a headline last night about a country. I, I think, was it, uh, where was it? Somewhere in South America or Central America was clearly looking to change a degree of its currency to bitcoin i don't never i've not seen the story i just saw a headline i'm not sure what that's about but that's not gonna end well one would suspect it'll just elon musk will tweet about it and the whole thing will be a disaster oh i'm just glad i got out of it because the whole ups and downs and everything it's just no glad it's in the past and lots of places <laughs> are cracking down on it. i think it was the day or the day after i jumped 
the Financial Conduct Authority in the UK decided to really tighten up with different exchanges. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was weird. But anyway, uh, yeah. let's have a wee chat about some watches. Do you want to talk about auctions a little bit? Yeah, because you were chapping it a bit to us and yeah, what to do is so- actually speak into the microphone. It's it's slightly old news now in that there have been these big uh, sort of spring series of auctions uh, at which one of them in Hong Kong, which I think is the Phillips one, which one's Hong Kong based? No, Christie's was the Hong Kong one. They had this like exceptional, I can't remember what they called it, it was Legends of Time, 18 lots, all Pateks, and then a whole load of kind of really well-decorated pocket watches, etc., and a number of these actually proved quite disappointing. Okay. There was one in particular, I seem to recall it was one of the Patek, Patek, Patek Philippe World Times. And this was the second time recently that it sold, and it sold for less this time than it did last time, apparently. Or certainly it did not take a step up. And then one of the watches that they expected to really fly was a Patek Philippe, what they call the Alan Banbury. Alan Banbury was was he the sale, he was like the sales director or something. He was somebody he was somebody significant in the world of Patek Philippe, and he took this three four four eight Patek, and the moon phase was removed from it. There's normally a moon phase complication on it, and it was instead replaced with a leap year complication. And so it is very significant because it's effectively, I think, a one of one off piece unique Patek Philippe, and. I think they thought that this would break all sorts of records. It sold for 29 million Hong Kong dollars. About remember, five pounds. Yeah, I think you just knock a zero off the end for Hong Kong dollars. So it was effectively 2.9 million for a piece unique. Its estimate was between 2.4 and 4 million. So it was bang in the middle of its estimate or close to the middle of its estimate. But you know what these auction houses are like the top end estimate is always they always want to break that because that's how you you build your brand as an auction house or by being able to say oh yeah we sold it for far more than even the high end estimate so this failed monumentally in doing that but perhaps the more interesting thing was not the one-off pieces and the rare pieces but actually there was a watch auction that ran alongside this also, I think from Chris Christie's, it was just an exceptional season of watches in Hong Kong. And this featured a whole load of FP Jurens and a number of other watches that you could more or less, if you knew a person, go out into the street and buy. These are watches that in theory are still available. Okay. And they absolutely blew the retail prices off, particularly in FP Jurens. You know, FP Jurens selling for, you know, uh, 350 grand that are notionally, I think, about 60 grand watches, Mm -hmm. just absolutely flying off. So it's clear that there is, the watch auction appears to be splitting into two distinct camps. There's the folk who are looking for that, say, very special ghosted bezel Rolex that they've saved up for. They're obviously well off going into auction, but they want that. And then there's this whole subset, which is just folk with loads of money that are being advised on investment pieces. And they're buying these things not because of any particular horological significance, but because they think that they themselves can make a flip on it. 
three, four, five, six years later. Mm-hmm. And there does also appear to be a whole media thing. I think Waco spoke about this. I'm not sure if he mentioned... On our show? Yes, I'm not sure if you yeah. can't recall. Did he mention FP Jurn specifically? He did, he did didn't he? said he? there was like a cabal type conspiracy thing just pushing the price. It was the same kind of idea that all the Daytona that nobody wanted years ago suddenly everybody wants it and no one knows why. Yeah, so... It's a bit like me buying a limited edition G-Shock. And, and then selling it back to the person that sold. Did you make a profit, by the way? Did you just give it back to you? Didn't ask for 10%? No. no but while I was in the <laughs> shop buying it, I was on eBay looking at them selling for 1600 Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it does all, the only other thing really from the auctions worth speaking about this far away is we maybe have reached peak Daytona, although there was this one-off Daytona with this purple, let me just find what it was called, uh, it's a kind of turquoise one-off piece that sold for an absolute shed load, this Daytona. It's a horrific looking watch, but it's like a like a horrific, you know, it, it's, it's in the so bad it's good category, like, if somebody offered you this because you could buy, you know, they were readily available, you would not buy it. But because it's got this pink red strap and this funny blue turquoise dial, and there's only one of them that anybody knows about, then suddenly it's like, yeah, 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 let's have that. So that's sold for a shed load. And there's a few more auctions coming up. Uh, there's some stuff that will break soon uh, about, let me just find them. Oh, Andy Warhol stuff going up for sale, Patek Philippe Calatrava. So this is one of the watches he wore that he actually wound up. Whereas his car, it was a Cartier, I think it was a Cartier tank. He famously never kept wound because he was that kind of guy and made that kind of fashionable. He was wearing it as jewellery rather than a watch. I don't know what the story was, but that was certainly how he wore it. So one of his watches is coming up for auction shortly. So there we go. Here's some auction news. There's something going on in the world of auctions. The money just doesn't make any sense. It's it's either just two people in a room who are mates, who have all the money in the world and are just outbidding each other for a laugh in the same way that mates without any money would, you know, do something else for a laugh. It's just they've got more money than said, so this is just what they choose to spend it on mm. rather than there actually being any value to the prices that some of these pieces are realising. Well, speaking but, of value, mm-hmm. if you've got more sense than money, mm-hmm. what you might want to really look at is the Tissot mm-hmm. PRX Permatic 80. This is the automatic version of the quartz number that we got in at the start of the year from the guys down at CWSLers, Dura Watches, and that was probably one of the watches I most hated sending back. Really? That, and obviously the UN, yeah, it was cracking. It was really good. And it was super inexpensive. It was less than 300 bucks plus whatever discount you could find. But the new one, the Powermatic, has got 8-hour power reserve. Better looking dial, perhaps? Even more AP looking? And it is now available in the UK from different places for around about £565. Cool. It's a lovely looking watch. But speaking of Gerald Genta, so Gerald Genta's... Now, what was his... Gerald Genta's actual name was Gerald Charles, Charles. Genta. Yeah. Okay, so we now going. Yeah, so we now have so when Gerald Genta left whatever he was doing with AP and being an independent design, he set up his own brand and called it Gerald Charles. because uh, I think the Genta brand ended up being owned by Bulgari. Yeah. So this is still independent as far as I'm aware, I've not actually checked some of it, but I think it's still owned by the antecedents of Gerald Genta. 
somebody will no doubt correct us if we're wrong, but you can now buy new ranges of watch from the brand Gerald Charles. Uh, there's a chronograph, there's a three-hander, black and green, the Maestro Premier 2021. Can Did anyone just say? create a name that's associated? Could we call it like Chuck Genta? Chuck Genta. Chuck Gent. Chuck Gent. Uh I don't, I don't know what they were. I think you'd be accused of passing off, so I think you would probably get sued. But, you know, you could try it, get a garner a bit of publicity. I quite... Th- these look like Bell and Rossi's from the back, but actually on the front, he, I suppose you can tell that they're designed by Genta or of that design ethic. What I can't tell... Have you seen these? I believe I'm, so. I'm trying to work out if the case is symmetrical. I don't think it is. I think one side of the case is a different angle from the other. So I think the crown side is actually, the bezel that's left over is actually thinner than the bezel on the non-crown side. So these are basically, it's a square looking watch with the top corners cut in and then the bottom corners cut in and then a bit of a squiggle to give it a rounded base below the six. Were you trying to say that the watch is offset slightly to the left? Yes, I think it is. Do you agree? It is. Yeah, it is slightly offset. So I don't know with how noticeable that will be in wearing it. I think it was. Was there not something else that came out cool. recently? Was it not a G-Shock Frogman or Mudmaster that was way off to the side? Certainly, G-Shock have a number of watches that are like that, whereby the strap effectively runs right the way through the right hand side of the watch terms of the visual line and then the watch itself is all over to the left hand side certainly g-shock do have those i don't know if there's anything recently so i quite like these i'm not sure how much they are they're like uh, 12 grand 16 grand for the three hand no 12 grand for the three hand or 16 for the chronograph they're not limited edition but they're not going to make a lot of them it might be an optical illusion because i've just taken a screen capture from the website jumped right. into tatty shop uh-huh. and i'm playing around with some boxes and i think it's probably the lighting is it at the six o'clock position where you've mm-hmm. got the the ripple at the bottom of the case. The way the light hits that yeah. makes it look as if it's slightly offset. But according to Photoshop, no, it's not it's as not if they've offset. included the crown in it. So right. That's really okay. odd. Really, it shit does lighting. look odd. Uh, it does. I don't know whether they're real. I don't know whether this is a a, a real watch we're seeing or whether it's a a, a render. But uh, yeah, it's cool. like a little face that's got a chin. Yes, that's exactly what it's a kind of wee chubby a chin. chin. Yeah. Wee chubby chin with wee chubby cheeks. It's like looking at the Alfred Hitchcock Presents motif. <laughs> it is a bit, it is a bit Back like that. Back in the, the 90s. Well, I'm, I'm glad we lasted more than 20 seconds before we ruined an entire watch brand. So this is the Alfred Hitchcock mm-hmm. uh, Gerald Charles. So there you go, go Indeed. check that out. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, MW and Co. I know that James oh, yeah, has yeah, yeah. Been, been in touch. He's been shilling his wares around the watch world. This is the Black Badger team up with MW and Co. Quite like, was the picture that you posted a picture of you or was that one you just pinched from James? I couldn't tell. What makes you think I've got that watch? Well, I, I don't think you have, but it just looked a little bit like it might have been on your wrist. No, that's no. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, right, was it? Okay. No, easily, no, I don't easily, know. easily confused. Easily confused. No, I've got no idea. It was just that he sent me a whole load of pictures across. I only needed one and he sent 20 and I thought, what's the most standout-ish one? And that one looked pretty cool to me. Yeah, so I suppose the thing about these is obviously because James from Black Badger is involved, there's a lot of loom involved. Oh, yeah. 
There's also the way the watch strap connects to it's the articulation of the lugs. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it looks I've nothing like a day. It looks nothing like a day. Between, you've got what? I have met the guys from this company. Oh right, okay. Because they were trying to tell me wherever it was. I was it SIHH, probably Basel World a couple of years ago. And the only reason I remember this company is because of those lugs. Right. So they had a chat with me. Um, obviously thinking okay. I was going to buy one, which was never going to happen. So put it this way, you're not going to be able to interchange your straps with all of the NATOs that you've got in your collection. Shame. This is very much, this strap fits this watch. So the lugs are effectively articulated in mm-hmm. order for it to fit your wrist. Are they? Do they articulate or do they just spring in and out? I can't work out whether they're effectively like springs or whether it actually like the Debethunes, whereby their lugs articulate in that they go, they pivot about a centre point. Whether it's well, I think like they're spring loaded. They're spring loaded. So they loaded. always hold tension, I believe. Right, I can't okay. remember. It was a while cool. ago. Well, but it's, it's worth listen, you don't, cool. who cares? It looks cool. It does. Well, fundamentally, that's why you'd buy it because it looks and cool. I put it on our Instagram and I said, this is the kind of watch Tony Stark would wear. And some clever clogs jumped on and said, well, actually, no, you know, it would probably be somebody else that would wear that. And the whole point of me saying Tony Stark is because Robert Downey Jr. has actually got one of Black Badger's loom rings. So there was a connection, you know. And talking about Tony Stark, all things Marvel, and therefore Black Panther, and therefore Audemars Piguet, Anthony Joshua's bought one of these, well, we say bought one of these AP Black Panther concept watches. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know whether he has bought it or whether he's I've just been given it. Have you? Mm. He is mm. massive. I know he said a word you wouldn't like, Rick, and asked right, me to okay. remove later. He okay. is huge. Yes. He is not a short lad. Nope. So he has done an unboxing video, apparently, although it's not on our channel. Do check out Scottish Watches not, Unboxed. Not the kind of unboxing I was talking about on Time of the Week. No, I don't wish to know anything about it. So, mm. Black Badger concept. This appears to have... Black Badger concept. Black Badger Did I say Black Panther or Black Badger? Did I say Black Badger. Uh, that, uh, that I would buy. A watch with a badger on it, I'd buy. But Black Panther, no thank you. I th- I actually, I saw a timepiece gentleman taking this watch round, like, some... Put it this way, what he did would not have worked in Glasgow. He took no. a three-piece watch collection. It was a Rolex Day Date, I think. And... Uh, uh, Paul Newman Daytona and the Black Panther concept and basically stop folk in the street asking them how much were each of these worth it's not something I would have tried in Buchanan Street it's not something I would have tried actually in a bank in Glasgow but there you go it seemed to be getting reasonable reception I still think it's a terrible idea and I've no idea why they're letting Benny Hamas loose but there we go well you said earlier on that you've recorded a show so we are finally getting rid of you so who were you away gallivanting with I was gallivanting with Alex from Fifth Rush Radio and knowing their schedule you'll be able to hear that show probably the beginning of 2022 by the How time how did you record for a, about an hour and 50 minutes something like that oh it was a short show for them then. it was a short show for them I did make it clear that it, I, I couldn't go beyond two hours because I think the last show they did on the Robin the Regulator show no actually it was two and a half watchmakers was over three hours long I'm like guys I think you're all great but I'm not speaking to you for three hours wait until they figure out this thing called editing to be fair in the whole two hour show that we recorded and I messaged them afterwards we only spoke about one watch I think that we didn't actually own as part of the wrist check and that watch was a rainbow Daytona 
So there's not a lot of watch content in the show, is Listen, all I'll we've say. we've got dibs in the whole Scottish people not having watch content in the watch shows. <laughs> so, some cease yeah. and desist getting sent out exactly. there. Exactly. So that was quite good fun. How did you manage uh, to blag onto that? Because they were talking to me about doing something, and then it was, yeah, we'll do it. Did you not get the email? And then this other guy's like, did you not get the email? And then I was getting pammed off in some TV movie review thing that they do, some offshoot. Oh, right, okay. You were pammed off on the... Uh, the popcorn Scottish watches what, popcorn, yes. Well, Some. I think because they view you as being a film buff, or at least the ability to download as many films. No, I was just messaging Alex and said, uh, well, let's do something. So we did. So went on with Rob and Alex the, like a few days later. But they drunk? Uh, no, they were on good behaviour. It was actually quite fun. It's also really funny because uh, obviously Alex, who's Scottish, I mean, we say he's Scottish, but he's from Bothwell. So he's, you know, he's just Scottish. Uh, That's almost and, as bad as Edinburgh. And Rob, who is obviously Aussie, I think they get away with it because Alex has to slow down so that Rob can get a word in edgeways. But see when you put Alex with a second Scottish person, there were several minutes where it was just the two of us and Rob clearly not having a notion as to what was going on and how quickly we were speaking. So Alex who was grandstanding more? What, between me and Alex? Yeah. Oh, definitely me. Oh, good. good, good. <laughs> no, Don't I, let the same thing, Rick. To be fair, I think it was Eeksy Peeksy. I gave, I gave us, you know, I gave us a good, a good plug. I, I also tried to give Adrian a good plug because you know Rob sells Geneva Blue watch straps, and you know it's a market that Adrian's trying to break into. Go to barkandjack.shop. Uh, so I gave him a plug as well. Oh, it was a good show. It was fun. I can't remember anything we spoke about. Like it is all a bit of, it's all a bit fuzzy now because there was so little structured content. A bit like our show then? A bit like our show. It more or less just rambled for two hours, <laughs> but so I it's came like away from the show enjoying myself. A full week's worth of our show a few, then. A few weeks worth of our show. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Superb. Uh, well, I was away gallivanting as well. I was moonlighting mm-hmm. with yes, Ariel Adams. Indeed. And that was kind of strange to have him approach us and say, hey guys, do you want yeah. to come on and do something with a blog to watch instead of us approaching everybody else? I think it went well, but Good. I wasn't in control of stuff, so <laughs> I don't know. You were I think sweating it all by went the end well. of it going, I need control, I need control. I, I did that thing Adrian talks about where if you're not the person that's kind of pulling the strings in a media production environment, you're a little bit like a fish out of water. So I think it went well. It did go well. Good. Lots of things were talked about and there was no structure. It wasn't a questions and answer session, which was a bit like the OT podcast that I was on. It was ask a question, answer it. Yeah. And instead of yeah. taking what I said and then building and moving forward, it was like, right, forget whatever you just said there. Next question. <laughs> Ariel takes things for a walk and we went mm-hmm. all over the place. And I think you're coming on this week to record. Um, so. recording tomorrow mm. uh, so my question is how many of the questions that Ariel did actually ask you did he answer himself oh, all of them oh that's fine because he's good at that he's a good he guy is. I really like him I really like him uh, he is brilliant I said to him like, it was episode 40 we had him on for mm. our show which we were super young and yes. he was very happy to come on and spend a bit of time he, he holds very strange hours a bit like myself I think it was probably one or two in the morning he was recording he does, he basically keeps European time despite being mm. based in California. So I'm not sure how he managed that. I suspect he managed it by drinking an awful lot of coffee yeah. and not having a life that much out with of watches. Sounds but, about right. That was, yeah. good. that was good. So, so, new watches. Yes. Well, if you want to find out about new watches, Geneva Watch Days. The dates yes. have been announced and they've called uh-huh. this, oh my God, they called it Fidgetal. It's a <laughs> Fidgetal event. Only yeah. a Swiss person could come up with that. It's like, yeah. what was it? Wee time? 
our Three universe. Times. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> info at scottishwatches.co.uk. Drop us a message. Our consultation services are very, very reasonable. Yep. So get in and touch if you want us to help. But at this fidgetal event, yes. P-H-Y-G-I-T-A-L, is going to be running both digitally and physically from August 30th to September the 3rd, 2021. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It'll be interesting to see what gets announced as to who's doing what in real life versus digital. The <sighs> thing is, though, they've got all these brands that were at Watches and Wonders online and I don't think they've got new ranges. So you get Bulgari, Breitling, David Thune, uh, Gerard Perigot, Moser, MBNF, or work Maurice Lacroix, Oris. They, they all were at this first thing. So what's new? Have they kept back stuff? Did they know this was happening? Or are they just going to regurgitate the same things they had earlier in the year? I think they're just trying to figure out the future as to what extent they can do it teamed up as a small group whereby they control everything versus getting themselves engaged with Watches and Wonders, Basel World, whatever comes out of that, whereby they're paying to get into something. So it will be interesting to see whether this version of it gets you closer to the brands and the watches. So will you be able to, you know, it's, I don't think it's been announced to what extent it will be public, but they're using this word self-managed and open to the public. I'm quite sure it's either open to the public or it's not. They're saying self-managed and open. So is it going Could to be, be more just held day. in They did that boutiques? with SIHH before it closed. They opened it to public in the last day. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see whether it is the likes of, I don't know, Maurice Lacroix, Frederick Constant, trying to get closer to their customer or closer to the media that promotes them. Or it's just an excuse for a knees up in Geneva. Hopefully the latter. Yeah, probably the latter. But yeah, you're right. They've got this because, you know, this is going to be in towards the end of this year. You've then got Watches and Wonders early door, well, reasonably early doors next year. Dubai Watch Week, end of November. So, you know, is it just going to be everybody regurgitating the same stuff? London Watch, well, obviously on a smaller scale, Watch Pro Live, London Watch Show. So like I think the, the death of Basel World has clearly left space. It's a question as to whether anything sensible is filling it. Is it a case of, as we've said before, is it a case of there has been space left and there's mm-hmm. an appetite or the fact that no one's been out, no one's been to a show, the first show that comes along, doesn't matter how big, small or indifferent it is, people are going to go to it and enjoy yeah. the hell out of it. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. it's just going to be a one-off thing. Maybe it'll just be something that doesn't doesn't survive to a 2022 incarnation because mm-hmm. everyone have got into their stride in terms of the things like the Watch Week and SIH or Watches and Wonders. Uh, and there is still Basel World kicking about as to what on earth's happening there because it's it's not officially dead, I don't think. I think the last thing from Basel World was we're working on a something else. Fid- well, yeah, something it's else. Our universe, we time. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not they've not gone away as somebody once famously said in politics. Who was that? John Mayer? No, it was uh, either Martin McGuinness or Jerry Adams. <laughs> it was a different kind of they've not gone away, you know. I think that was them. I might be wrong. Somebody should really look that up before they put it in a podcast. Probably should. <laughs> uh, so some new watch bits and pieces. There's a yellow pearl from Glasshoot Original, 70s, the Panorama Date. It's quite, it's basically, for those of you that are familiar with their square Panorama Dates, these things have great straps and bracelets on them. This one's basically that, but canary yellow. Uh, if you like that kind of thing. There are 
other bits and pieces. The Seiko Prospect, 1986. Oh, on the, the yellow. Quartz. What was the name of the uh, yellow one there? Because last week, Meistersinger dropped their paragraph. Yes. Mellow yellow as well. Maybe yellow is the colour. Maybe yellow is the colour for this year. You think that's going to cheer everybody up? Well, uh, the oak came out last year. It was a bit of a hit. Yeah. Docs, I've got some yellow stuff. Yes. Need myself um, a yellow watch. Yellow watch. So, alternatively, if that doesn't float your boat, the Seiko, you want something quartz, quartz diver, 35th anniversary, the Seiko Prospects, 1200 piece limited edition. It's big, but it's very, very nice if you like that kind of uh, watch shape. This is nearly. 50 mil in diameter, but it's effectively lugless. It'll it'll wear fine, but it's a full-on professional diver of the tuna. Is that the tuna shape? I think it is, isn't it? Don't know. Never never quite know with these things. But I think that's what we call the tuna shape. It too actually also looks in the render I'm seeing uh, slightly disproportionately to the left rather than the right, but I think it's because they've got it leaning over slightly. Have you had your eyes checked recently? Yeah, maybe I need to go. Maybe it's maybe I need to go and look. I'm at, looking look at you on that. Zoom, and you've got your glasses on your head. That's maybe they should that's, be down. Yeah, that's that could be the mistake. It could well is, be. Uh, I need one of those. Do you remember Billy? Was it Billy Connolly with the prescription windscreen? That's a good joke. You need. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll task Miziel with finding the Billy Connolly stand-up gag with the prescription windscreen and all the chaos that ensued in that. Ariel Adams was talking about a stand-up thing, not a stand-up, a comedy sketch Mike Myers did mm-hmm. about soccer hooligans, and I couldn't right. find it. Right, okay. Because he was asking about Scottish accents and how close Mike Myers was, and I think it was Mike Myers' mother or father or something that came from Greenock. Yes. So he kind of knew what he was doing a little bit, but cool. Yeah. And two other things. We've not done a film review. I think we should do one. So this is a film called The Art of Driving in the Rain. There is now a group of you listening to this who have seen this film who knows what is about to come. If I can persuade Ricky and get it done in time, I'm going to get my niece to do a quick review of this because it was her idea to watch this film. Now, the only redeeming feature of this film although actually when you get to the end of it, it is an amazing film, is that it features an Omega Speedmaster. Now, you know my love for the Omega Speedmaster, so for me to say that that's the redeeming feature is saying quite something. But let's just say we thought it was a happy film about a dog and a car racer. We should have known better. There's always a rule in our family. We don't, because we've got four dogs, we don't watch films with dogs in them because the dog always dies and we all end up in bits. Have you seen I Am Legend? Uh, it's a brilliant romantic comedy. You check it out. <laughs> is, that Will, is that the Will Smith one? Perhaps. Yes, I haven't seen that. But I'm He's sure a matchmaker in it. You need to watch it. It's good. It's, it, it's him in an Alsatian, isn't it? I seem to remember a poster. But there we go. So this is the art of racing in the rain. So it is... If you're susceptible to tearjerkers or you like that kind of thing, this is a 10 out of 10 film. If the last thing you want to do is finish watching a film and find yourself bubbling away on the sofa, refusing to switch the lights on as I did because of the tears running down your face at this film, then don't watch this film. But I, I'll send you some audio and because Christy chose this film, my niece, uh, I'll drop you an audio and see if you can put it in. And this is why... Well, we've put someone's film review in the middle of our it's, show. It's very funny, actually. She wrote a wee review that she sent to her mother and it's hysterical. Trust us, it was not hysterical. What was your documentary then? My documentary? Oh, this popped up on Prime and I remember it getting thrown around probably a couple of years ago on YouTube. 
and it was, mm. you can go on and you can buy this or rent it. And I'm like, yeah, no chance. It's called In Search of the Last Action Heroes. That name rings a bell. Mm-hmm. It's from a guy called Oliver Harper, and he's got a lot, ah. of, a lot of different YouTube channels that I don't watch, but I've heard of him. He does movie reviews and retrospects and all the rest of it. Mm. And this is a two and a half hour almost epic that takes you from the first ever action movies right the way through and it stops off for a jaunt in the 80s and the 90s when it went from uh, Hong Kong it was Bruce Lee stuff yeah then there was all the ninja stuff that got really really high and it was martial arts in the 80s then suddenly you got the muscular guys with Conan yeah and then Terminator then Predator, then all the, the Arnie stuff and the Sly Stallone and it was the back and forward, Rocky, Rambo, Commando. Oh, and then it, it gets right into that sort of peak where I loved all those movies. Commando, great movie. Uh, I don't actually remember Commando. The other ones do I not. do. Uh, Predator, it was talking about how these films were half horror, half sci-fi and Arnie decided he was going to try and act in Predator and it worked a bit. Uh, it, it had uh, I think that's Robocop. somewhat debatable. No, no. <laughs> uh, compared to the other ones, if you listen to it, it makes a lot of sense. Right. It had all these actors and actresses and film producers. They talked about Die Hard being fantastic because that's when it went from big muscly guys down to Bruce Willis, who was just a cheeky chappy. You know, the everyman in the street, a bit more relatable. Just yeah. a really, really good documentary. And I hate long documentaries about stuff. And it was two and a half hours. And by the end of it, I thought, oh, that could that could have gone on a lot longer. But it covers everything. Aliens, James Cameron, T2. William Wood competition, we're going to close imminently. Right, okay. We have... Oh, their episode oh, went down a treat. Yeah, I think I think we've got about 16 entries in. So right now, people have basically a 1 in 16 chance of winning a £1,000 worth of watch. And all they need to do is send a video review of a watch that they own. A 1 in 16 chance of winning a grand's worth of watch. So we'll leave it open for another couple of days after this episode goes out. And then I'm closing it. Uh, so all you need to do is send us a video it's quite simple info at scottishwatches.co.uk actually rick at scottishwatches.co.uk because I don't want to see any of this shit <laughs> send it to me uh, so there's some good videos in I think what we're going to do is we're going to drop them all at once it's going to be a bit like Eurovision we're going to put them all out all at once and then everyone who watches can vote on them give them a thumbs up or view count and then that will count towards 50% of the score and then 50% of the score will be me and Ricky deciding which ones we like best and that way we can make sure it's a winner in Scotland <laughs> because what's the point in having a competition show. if you can't gerrymander it mm-hmm. so <laughs> we will we will come up with some way uh, but thank you to all those that have put videos in. There are some really good ones. Some really, some really fun watches as well have been uh, have been sent in. And that is an end of a show. Is it? So what should mm. folk be checking out, Ricky? All things. They should be checking out getting a good night's sleep because I obviously haven't had one in a while, <laughs> which is why I'm falling asleep right now and yawning at myself on the webcam. To be fair, you have managed to remember to put a podcast out on a Monday or a Thursday for about the last two and a half years. So I think you're probably in the habit of doing it now. But, you know. Oh, it was touch and go a couple of times <laughs> because I was in different places and things hadn't been done. Good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that's it from us. Thank you for joining us. Right, okay. So this is getting dropped in literally the minute after we stopped recording because <laughs> delivery dude just turned up at my house and... 
audio oh, unboxing. Can you tell what it is yet? Right, yeah, there's yeah, a story. Yeah. There's a story that goes with this because I know what it is because I can read and it says on the okay. outside. So wait there. <laughs> Rick is going to tell okay. you what this looks like when we pop it it's, on the webcam. Well, I, I can tell. I can tell it's from DHL, so right. it's yellow and grey to start off with. It's square. It says, "Oh, is that some gift glitter? Is it like a Chinese writing?" Chinese writing. Yep. So it's obviously the side of it. Okay, it's a it's an Omega size box. No, maybe no. maybe one down from Omega. No, I wouldn't say it's an Omega size. I'd say it's it, a Zelos it, or Zelos size, but it isn't. Zelos size. Right, it's well, not from Zelos. So, opening. have you got Mr. You got Mr. Stanley? Uh, I've got the the house key. The house key. <laughs> An obvious standby when Mr. Stanley is not available. Yeah, he is um, away sharpening his skill set. Okay, right, okay so stuff. we've got bubble wrap. I wonder what bubble wrap. Let's no no EMSR pop it. Yay! Right, there's a story that goes with this, right? And okay, I'm happy this has happened because this has woke me right up. There's a great story. <laughs> I, I can tell. I should just say to the audience, Ricky has actually woken up. <laughs> totally woken he's up. Got, he's got a wee smile on his face. Look at his Well, you know why I've got a wee, wee smile on my face? Because okay, I yeah, am. I, I can't see Happy Watch. <laughs> Mr. Happy Watch. Right, this is, there's a story. So let okay. me unbox this Happy Watch. Right. You don't know what I'm talking about. This is, oh, wow. Holy shit. Look at that. That's like a really decent box. Okay, good, good. Shiny box. Shiny box. Happy watch. Uh, okay, that's like Ralph's dog. Yeah, it is. Have you, you've memorialised Ralph's dog. For anyone that's not seen Ralph's dog, go and check out the unboxing channel. So, Happy Watch is a company <laughs> a based over in China somewhere, probably. Over Asian market, right? And all they do details. Detail, we're all about details and not having any. So the, <laughs> this is something I spotted. I think, no, they emailed, they emailed in and they said, hey, how's it going? Listen, would you like to have a look at our watches? And I recognise the name. They do the Constantine Shaken-esque watches. Oh, yes. Right? And instead yes. of using, oh, shit, hold on. It's a watch head. It doesn't actually have a bracelet on it. <laughs> I need to put the bracelet on myself. <laughs> Uh, listen, the packaging of this is actually really decent for the money. So anyway, uh, they said, blah, blah, blah. Would you like to have a look at these watches? And I thought, yeah, they're cool. I know they're cheap. They're only like a couple hundred dollars, quartz. And the way they work versus the Constantine Shaking, where it's one movement at a base with a module that shows you the eyes turning for the hours and the minutes. This here, they thought, why go to that expense where we can put two cheap quartz movements beside each other and just take <laughs> the hands off? Ah, uh, you see, it's the you would have thought a Russian would have come up with that, the whole pencil space pen thing. Yeah. So they said, Do you want to have a look at this? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it started to take a turn. Right, then they okay. said, What are we getting out of the deal? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm gonna like tell people about it, sticking Instagram like we do everybody else. Why? And I think the way they were talking was we get to keep it. But mm -hmm. they want something in return. I'm like, yeah, we'll talk about it and we'll stick it on our Instagram in front of 15,000 people. How's that sound? Uh, and then they said, oh, can you do a video of it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> of course not. We do like eight videos a year. They take a lot of time. No, not for your $200 watch or whatever it is. Then they yeah. said, ah, right, okay. Then they sent a contract. Ah, contract. <laughs> right, and I'm going to read out said contract uh -huh. because it's brilliant. And it isn't kind of way. <laughs> PDF turns up. I haven't agreed to nothing. I've said I'll do nothing apart from I'll talk about it in the show, blah, blah, blah. You can have it back. Don't really care. So a PDF turns up with 
influencer agreement at the top. <laughs> this agreement is between okay. Scottish Watches and our Instagram link, henceforth referred to as a content creator, and Happy Watch Limited, henceforth referred to as Happy Watch. The agreement is dated yada yada. Project and payment 1.1 Project Happy Watch is collaborating with content creators to do the following an Instagram TV product review video. No, I said I would unbox mm -hmm. it. A Spotify podcast. No, I said I would mention it. Uh, and the video should be taken based on their brief. And I should have all this work completed by the 31st of June. And I should let them preview the work before posting it. Right? <laughs> Ownership. That's not it. <laughs> not done yet. Ownership. 2.1. By signing this contract, you agree that Happy Watch will have the right to use, including but not limited to, your photos and videos. Happy Watch can use created content however it wants, or it can decide not to use the content at all. Right? Okay. So my reply back was bloody good, considering it's me. And I said... No, I didn't say that. I said, Dear Moffy, thanks for sending that across, but that's not something we do. We work with everyone from ours to Christopher Ward through IWC and Zenith and don't offer anyone editorial control or IP usage rights. Thanks. And they replied back and went, Oh, okay. Um, how about we post your pictures on Instagram? Can we do that? We will tag you. And I didn't even reply to that. And then they sent the watch anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, this this could get oh, fun. Oh, oh, fun. oh, Rick. Here, this is it. Right, listen, I know I've just given them a hard time and whatnot, but they've actually sent quite a lot of cool stuff. Oh, so it's um, a decent... You were actually after one of these little screwdrivers, weren't you? Uh, no, I've got a Bergeron. Oh, you've got the Same. you've got the Gucci. Yeah, yeah. Right, we'll got the Gucci. get the link remover got as well, the then. You cheap bastard. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it comes to like it's even got a screwdriver box. Cool. So there we go. Yeah. Um, well, there we go. So it's still goodbye from me. <laughs> well, well, or is this a new end of the show? Is this what we're doing now? <laughs> new end of the show. New still end of the show. From me. So live unboxing of the Happy Watch Pug, and you can see this on our Instagram. And see, to be fair, after I've just given them an absolute slate and for the way they tried to cajole me into signing a contract. See for fun, see for a couple hundred bucks. It's actually quite decent. Not so bad. check it out. Good, Good shout, guys. And we will catch you soon. Bye bye.